right, welcome back. Wrench Nation Car Talk Radio. Happy New Year. We're still celebrating with you. We welcome you guys every week. Your Car Talk Radio. Uh, you know, you can give us a call. 480-655-8870. Another exciting show. Now listen, you guys are hanging out with us in your in your vehiculars. Maybe. Turn the radio up. We got a very special show for you guys. Because I have a feeling a lot of you on the weekend, in a controlled environment, you want to go fast. Now, I'm not saying fast on public roads, people. But I'm talking about fast with your weekend project. Hitting this speed. That need for speed. Many of you can relate. We are talking about the land speed record, people. I don't know if you guys remember way back. Way back. But we're covering an era of the Bonneville Salt Flats out in Utah. If you're just joining the show, welcome to the show, Wrench Nation. Welcome, Susie. Susie Sockets, my lovely co-host. How are you, girl? I'm amazing, Frank. How are you, buddy? I'm wunderbar. I'm, ex- I'm excited because uh, we've had we've had quite a few of you reach out. Um, you love the show, and usually the love comes around the sentiment of guests that have come on speed-related. Like, you want speed. We like speed. I think 2019, the year <laughs> of speed. But uh, we always, always are grateful uh, if you're hanging on the podcast Sunday. You know, uh, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And, of course, our listeners on Saturday, our wonderful audience, uh, KFNX, you guys are rock stars. We appreciate you hanging out. But we are. We're going to cover. We are just honored and privileged uh, here in a little bit. We've got uh, acclaimed author Samuel Hawley who is the, well, I'll put it to you this way, guys. He spent a lot of time developing this book, and I, I recommend you get on Amazon, Speed Duel, the inside story of the land speed record in the 60s. Now, let me take you guys back in the 60s. Did we have much by way of muscle cars? Yes, we yes. did. Did we have much by the creativity behind horsepower? Yes, Yes, we we did. Did Did we have the quest for the land speed record in the 1960s? Yes, Yes, we we did. Did Did we slap a jet engine on one of those pencil-shaped race mobiles? Yes, Yes, we we did. did. And today we are highlighting Craig Breedlove. And and certainly we're going to talk about that era of those land speed records. Um, We're talking 500 miles per hour. Shouldn't his name be uh, Speedlove? That's what I'm saying. Maybe we can ask Mr. <laughs> Sam Mahali. But we're going to take you on a journey. Uh, those hot riders and drag racers back in the day, uh, we all know that there was a, uh, a mood, a, a sort of vibrant culture to soup up their cars. We know this. But what about slapping on jet engines to really kick it up notches? There was a whole movement. And in the summer of 1960, uh, spending time on the... Of course, many of you from Utah know about the Bonneville Salt Flats. There were some pretty horrific crashes. This was risky business and all financed by the gentleman that took it 
to that next level. So welcome to the show. You know, you can call us uh, car care questions. We always invite that 480-655-8870. And of course, if you're catching us on Facebook, Wrench Nation, we appreciate you guys for hanging. Susie, what is shaking and baking in the garage these days? Well, we've had, you know, we've had a busy weekend, Frank. You know, we had a, we did Barrett Jackson over the weekend. Well, big right? shout outs. Yeah, we yeah. hung out. Uh, of course, Craig Jackson, if you're catching this show for the first time, Craig Jackson of uh, Barrett Jackson. Uh, the world-renowned uh, auction that takes place. Uh, he was on the show last week, and you can catch that on RanchNation.tv. But we hung out with some crazy California we guys. We did, on, yeah, the whole weekend. We, we uh, hung out with Fireball Tim and Ken Vela. That was, a, it was an honor to hang with him. And a big shout-outs to uh, Andaz Resorts up in Scottsdale. Oh, yeah, can't forget uh, them. That resort was very accommodating. I, I had amazing service. But really what... What I want to say about Andes Resorts is they had like an early 60s convertible Cadillac. Cadillac, yeah. Now, you may roll up in front of a resort and see a Cadillac and say, okay, that's nice. That may belong to somebody. But no, uh, we were greeted. And as a part of our greeting, if you'd like to go cruise in the 62 Cadillac, they will take their guests at the resort for a cruise. Do they have a limit? Like, do they have a mileage limit that they'll take you? Well, we wanted to take them up on it. We were we were pretty busy, but I had to tell the guy, are you sure you want us to go? Because we'll be out <laughs> to midnight. We'll be out to midnight with this thing. And uh, so we also want to honor, uh, recognize, uh, you guys are family. You know, this, this show is all about we, us, and you. I mean, that's what it's about. And, and so you have helped us uh, develop a great show, and we appreciate you always working for that. Many of you have gotten on at Ranch Nation Facebook and our social media, and we just want to really thank you. A uh, couple of individuals. Uh, we met Andrew, who's a listener of the show. He was at the Future Cars uh, Classics. Uh, the Future. Future Classics show. That was on Sunday. On Sunday, held with uh, ClassicCars.com. Andrew, big shout-out to you. And, of course, Moses, he's a regular listener. He actually reached out uh, privately. You guys can DM us. The show doesn't stop if you have any car questions. So thank you, guys. Uh, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. And uh, the music that we played we is new. It, it is new. It's it, catchy. I don't know. Maybe. I want to know from you. If you want to highlight some show music, it's got to be legitimate. It's got to be legal. Hey, if it's a trombone, tuba, and a flute, you think it's nice and it's not any copyright infringements, we welcome that. Yeah, we can do that. So let us know. You can get on a Ranch Nation Facebook for that. Uh, we do want to dive in to some news. Uh, we think it's pretty interesting. Many of you work for the government. Many of you don't. Couldn't care less. But Hyundai is doing something pretty cool. In fact, there's a few manufacturers, uh, Susie, that are helping with the cause. Now, if you work for the government right now, you're not getting paid. Absolutely not. You're not. Which, it's not well. That's not good. What, are we 26 days? We're deep into it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Hyundai will let federal employees affected by the government shutdown defer their car payments for a month. Very cool. Yeah, I don't know if you remember back in uh, when, when the economy, when the sky fell, uh, 2009 or so. Back in 2013, Hyundai did a similar program where they offered a 90-day payment deferral. I think that's nice. I think so, too. And at the airports, I, I see a lot of restaurants are feeding the TSA employees for free. This is what people do, man. That's they right. come together. No, no matter what we read, I think uh, a sense of uh, the humility of people. Right. We, we're going to help each other out. 
especially car people, you know how we do. Exactly. Uh, what do you got going on in your world? Well, uh, you know what? When you asked me about what was happening in the garage, there was something happening in the garage, Frank. It's our new guy's birthday. Ken, our new, our new guy. advisor. Oh, we give a big round of applause for Ken. Uh, Ken and his lovely wife, Sarah. Sarah. New job. They just moved here from Florida. Florida. And Susie, I'll let you tell the people, what do you do for birthday cake? In terms of a individual, this is a man that does fitness competition. You couldn't just do a regular birthday cake. No, you so do? you had to make it gluten-free, sugar-free. You had to make it free of everything. How so, did, how did you do that? Well, the creativity juices in my mind. Uh oh, creativity. Put together a cake made of all raw eggs, literally stacked up like a cake. A rocky cake. That's right. It was it was stacked up, and I then I uh, I food painted it with some gold. And then threw a couple sparklers, and uh, voila, there you had a cake. That is craziness, but lovely craziness. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was crazy. If you guys want to check that out, we actually live stream that. Um, I did share it from our Desert Car Cave Chandler page. We actually put it on the Rich Nation page. So check it out and, and welcome Ken. It's family and that's what it's about. Um, want to give you guys a quick car care tip before we bring our special guest, Sam Hall. We're covering uh, all kinds of land speed records. Many of you are going to try to do your bricks, and I've run into a few conversations, and maybe there's some argument, and I actually, um, I think one of two of you may have gone away with this uh, presentation of how you should do your bricks. Not too happy. The fact is this. If you're doing your bricks, you cannot just, I mean, you could just slap pads on rotors, but just know you're going to have problems down the road. There's the right way and the wrong way. When you do your brake pads, please, people, measure rotors. If they're within that minimum specification of thickness, you need to resurface those. Now, if you don't want to do that, that's your call, but it's really not the proper way to do it. You're going to affect the harmonics. You're going to have squeaks and grinds, and it's not good. So really? Way, so when you just put the pads on and you don't resurface the rotors and they're not... They're pad slap. Okay. You, you could have a problem. Now, you may stop, but I'm just telling you people, give the rotors attention. If they're too thin to resurface, buy a new pair of rotors. That is what you want to do. That's what we want to do. Yeah, that's yep. what, well, well, I'll tell you what we want to continue to do. What's that, Frank? We want to continue to bring some excitement. Yes, we do. 500 miles an hour, 600 miles an hour. The inside story of the land speed record from the 60s. Special guest author Samuel Hawley is joining us. Stay tuned. We're back in just minutes. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. We are with you every week, Wednesday, 4 p.m. And remember, if you uh, catch uh, bits and pieces of the live show, you can certainly get onto your favorite uh, player, your podcast player, iTunes, Google Play, what have you. Catch the show in its entirety. Of course, check us out on uh, WrenchNation.tv and Facebook. We're honored and privileged. Uh, you know, every week we try to bring you guys some really fascinating uh, guests from all over. And, of course, uh, we are excited to have author Samuel Hawley. Samuel, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Frank. Well, we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us, uh, Samuel. You are the author of an pretty, pretty incredible book covering the land speed records over at Bonneville. 
Talk to us about how you came up with the idea as an author to engage the whole Craig Breedlove story. Well, I, I was basically just looking around for the next book to write. And I had, I had the idea of the land speed record in the back of my head from when, going back to when I was a kid. And I was just thinking, you know, is there an interesting story here to write about? And I stumbled on the Craig Breedlove versus Art Arfon saga from the 1960s. And it was really kind of serendipity. It was one afternoon on my computer, and I realized that a, a book had never been written about this fantastic episode in motorsports history. So, like, in the, in the course of 24 hours, I, I knew right there what my next book was going to be, and, and uh, it was Speed Duel. Well, give us an idea. I mean, we, we all can uh, understand and appreciate the sort of lighthearted competition in all motorsports. But this was really a serious duel uh, at one point with the British and then, of course, narrowing it down between Art Arfons and Craig Breedlove. Were they at each other's throat for speed? Give us a sense of that competition. Uh, no. I, I mean, it was played up in the press. And there w they, they were rivals for the record. So there was that tension that would naturally exist. But, I mean, Craig Breedlove needed Art Arfons, and Art Arfons needed Craig Breedlove. The whole thing required both of them competing, because without the competition, there would have been no story, basically. Uh, the land speed record isn't so exciting when it takes place in a vacuum. There has to be somebody you're competing against. Yeah, you can't so, do I mean, 500 miles an hour solo. Maybe you could, but that, I mean, at best, that's a YouTube video, and then it goes away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I like somebody waiting in the wings to take it away from you. Sure. Yeah, and I like the way that you actually stated that um, they needed each other to do this. So when, yeah. so who came up with the Bonneville Jet Wars name? Jet Wars? Um, gee, I don't know. No? Uh, I mean, I, I, I came up with the, the title Speed Duel for my book because I saw that used so much in the newspapers back then. Um, jet Wars was not quite as commonly used, but, I mean, same deal. Well, talk to us about this whole jet engine. What was Craig Breedlove thinking? And tell us about how he developed the idea to slap on what would be a J-47 military surplus jet engine. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Well, I mean, Craig was a hot rodder, going right back to when he was 13 years old. Had, he had a 34 Ford Coupe. Uh, later, he built a Lakester with the Rourke brothers. I mean, he was a hot rodder. He was spending every spare minute that he had on his cars, busting his ass on this thing. And then one day, uh, this guy named Mickey Thompson comes along. Mickey Thompson is a working stiff, just like Craig. He's married with kids, just like Craig. But he's going for the ultimate. He's going for the land speed record. And that was... That was the eye-opener for Craig. Craig. Craig thought, you know, why am I going for A-class coupe or D-class Lakester when with the same amount of effort I could be going for the top? So he changed his focus around 1958 to I go for the land speed record. Now, the next question, why he used a jet? See, Mickey Thompson was using four car engines. Craig knew that that was incredibly difficult. Because yeah, I mean, when, as when far as air-fuel mixture and... Setting everything up, there was more to go wrong with four engines Absolutely. lined up and trying to synchronize that. Yeah, it makes Clutches, sense. Clutches, transmissions, it's just so complex. 
whereas the jet is so simple. And you don't have to worry about the wheels losing traction with wheel spin because it's pure thrust. And now this is another thing that most people don't realize, but Craig told me this, cheap. If he had tried to build a, a, more, a more conventional car with an internal combustion engine, he would have had to have gotten an Allison or they probably two. They were expensive back then. Yeah. But, a, but a, a jet engine, he could get one for, four, for 500 bucks because there were tons of these things being uh, from decommissioned war, Korean War fighters. So it, that was a big concern. He could do it cheap with a jet. At that time, the government, uh, I, I imagine coming off the, the heels of uh, World War II, and during the heyday of you know aerospace uh, technology, when Craig approached, I guess, I don't know, these jet engine junkyards is what you, I don't know if the boneyards, whatever you want to call them, would they ask, what was their sense of why is this average, probably cool car enthusiast wanting an engine? What, what were their thoughts about that? He, uh, he just saw uh, an ad in the paper and he heard through the grapevine that there were something like a thousand of these engines that, that were from decommissioned fighters that were, were showing up in the L.A. area in scrap y- a scrapyard. They, they were just going to get melted down for scrap or, you know, salvage. And so he went there, and he, he asked the guy, what would you get for one of these things? And the guy said, well, you know, maybe 500 bucks, wow. which seemed kind of high. But Craig said, well, if you set one aside, could I have one? <laughs> and the guy <laughs> said, well, okay, sure. And I mean, how- could you imagine if a fellow by the name of John Force actually went to the equivalent today, uh, let's say Mr. Force wanted to get into the uh, those salt fields race, uh, racing and competition. I don't think that's happening the same way today. Like, you cannot find a 747 leftover jet engine today, no. can you? No, you, you cannot find it. <laughs> the, the government now, uh, according to Craig, they tend, when, when they get rid of jet engines, they burn holes in them. It's uh, really hard to get a functioning, um, restorable jet engine now. Uh, it, it makes it really tough. Yeah. So give us a sense. I mean, many of our guests that have come on, we've had uh, Robert Height, who comes to mind. He's the last uh, 2017's uh, Funny Car Champ. He had a certain ritual uh, before hitting it hard on that quarter mile track. What what type of ritual, if I can ask, did did Craig Breedlove have? Did he put himself in a mindset before hitting what would be extreme speeds? Craig didn't have, like, you know, kind of fun rituals. Like, Donald Campbell had his little stuffed bear that went in the cockpit and all that stuff. Craig, for starters, Craig um, would never eat before, like, going after the record. Normally it would be in the morning, you know, early afternoon. He would never eat um, uh, because in case he crashed, he, he wanted his stomach to be empty. So that was kind of a funny thing, because one of the other competitors, Nathan Ostage, Doc Ostage, he always would, you know, have a great big breakfast of scrambled eggs, <laughs> what, what have you. But Craig, you know, a sip of water, that was the only thing Craig wanted uh, while he was in the zone uh, to um, go after the record. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I would think uh, to be in the zone, that would be key cutting into some major speed records. Uh, If you're just joining us, we are honored and privileged to have author Samuel Hawley of the book Speed Duel, the inside story of the land speed record in the 60s. 
We're talking about Craig Breedlove, one of the, in fact, the first to hit 500 and 600 miles an hour. I want you guys to stay tuned. We're coming back with Wrench Nation. We're going to dive into the perspective of today. What is happening today with Craig Breedlove and more of your questions next. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me, my clients, and they're likely not to come back? Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Uh, Frank and Susie joining you every Wednesday, 4 p.m. If you're catching this on the podcast, you guys rock. We appreciate you. Uh, we have author Samuel Hawley of uh, Speed Duel, the inside story of the land speed record. Yeah, I'm here, Frank. Yeah. Thank, thank you for rejoining us. We appreciate that. You know, we talk about these land speed records of 500 and 600 miles an hour. This, by far, was not an easy business. Can you talk to us about some of the uh, grueling and, in some occasions, deadly accidents out there at the uh, Salt Lake? Yeah, well... I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and call this the most exciting crash in motorsport history. October fifteenth, nineteen sixty four. Craig had just gotten the record back from our our Fonz, but he wasn't done yet. He wanted to get five hundred miles an hour because he wanted to push the record so high that our our Fonz would never get it back. So that's what Craig is thinking. And they were friends. Uh, and, what's that? <laughs> and they were friends. <laughs> and they were friends, yeah. But, I mean, he had a bad feeling. Uh, he really, the night before, was worried. He, he, was, he was sure he was going to get killed, but he was going to go through with it. Wow. So um, first run, he takes the first run. He gets, I think it was 513 miles an hour, something like that. But in land speed record, land speed racing, you've got to do it two ways to make it official. So they turn the car around, Craig heads back down the course. Things are going good, but when he, just as he's entering the measured mile, something breaks in the steering. Oh, wow. He's got no steering. You know, his, his first instinct is, well, I'm kill the engine, hit the chutes, I've got to stop this thing. But for some reason, he doesn't. He decides he's going to hang on, he's oh. going to try to get through the mile with no steering, which he does. Wow. So he, I mean, he, he grits his teeth. It was like the longest seven seconds of his life. He gets through the mile, hits, he kills his engine, the jet engine, hits the chute button to release the chutes. It gives a jerk, and then nothing. His chute tore away. Wow. Oh, no. So uh, he, he tries to keep calm, waits a few seconds. He hits the backup chute button. Boom, nothing. The other chute's gone, too. So now he's got no shoot. He's, go he's still going about 500 miles an hour because Spirit of America was super streamlined. This thing was designed to just slip through the air without any resistance. So now Craig, he's running out of course. All he's got are his brakes, which are designed, I mean, they're only intended for like 100 miles an hour and down. And he's kind of in the high 400 range now. Uh, so he just... He eases down on the pedal ever so slightly, and boom, it goes right to the floor. The oh, brake gosh. pads turn to ashes. So now he has nothing. He's got no chutes, no brakes. He's running out of course. 
He's going 400 miles an hour, and up ahead, I mean, it's the end of the salt flats. The, it's the, the evaporation ponds. So um, he rockets past the crew waiting at the end of the course. He goes between the telephone poles, and he shears one of them off, just like a toothpick. He goes up this embankment and uh, down onto the evaporation pond, which is only ankle-deep. Wow. But there is a trench, like an 18-foot trench, hidden under the water there. And the Spirit of America, it finds that trench. It hits it, and it goes right nose down into it. So the Spirit of America is sinking, and Craig's kind of trapped in the cockpit. He can't get out. It took him a while to figure out it was his oxygen mask was holding him in. But, he, I mean, he almost drowned in the desert at the Bonneville Salt Flats, kind of ironic. But uh, that is, in my opinion, one of the most fantastic crashes in motorsport history. And he lived, so that's And excellent. he lived. He walked yep. away from that. He laughed about it. Wow. I think you've got all of our mouths dropped You right do, now. <laughs> uh, but I, I have a question regarding the, the state of mind after this. Uh, do you think that changed his future about attempting to further this? Record well, it's funny. Making. I mean, because th- there was a guy. I mean, there was. Th- there's film footage of Craig, uh, like after he just minutes after he's gotten out of that car, and there's audio recordings, and you know he's laughing and you know obviously hyped up and excited. But it's interesting because when he crashed in 1996 with his return to competition. Everybody I interviewed about that commented on how cool and collected he was. He got out of that car, and, I mean, somebody said, you know, they figured he just, he ran out of adrenaline. You know, he didn't have adrenaline anymore. He just, he was just so relaxed after he, he almost lost it at 675 miles an hour on Black Rock Desert. I mean, I would tell you, I would tell Susie, I would have lost it after the brakes melted like a nuclear bomb. I would have lost it right there. I would have been like, oh boy. I would have too. I'm with the wind and machine. (laughs) Yep. God take me. <laughs> That's crazy. That is an incredible spirit. Um, whether scientifically he just ran out of adrenaline. Talk to us about, I mean, from the 60s there, did Craig kind of go on hiatus and come back in the 90s? What was that uh, yeah, period? Absolutely. Um, after he went 600, um, and basically Art Arfons tried to come back but crashed and uh, Firestone wouldn't wouldn't sponsor Art Arfons anymore, so that was basically the end of competition. Craig could, Craig couldn't get Goodyear to sponsor him to continue the competition, so he was kind of at loose ends. So uh, he had a rocket car that he designed in 1969. This was the next era of land speed racing for Craig Breedlove. This rocket car, and he struggled and struggled to get sponsors for that thing and he built like a rocket dragster for publicity and to practice using a rocket and he did that through the early 70s but finally at the end of 1973 uh he was so frustrated he just he just couldn't take it anymore he he'd spent all his money he'd gone into debt you know it was just things were just falling to pieces and he said he said screw it he he packed everything away and he became a real estate agent and a well, very good one at that. I mean, why safer. not? I it's mean, safer. Go from. I mean, well, let me ask you because um, we we get a, a lot a lot of our guests on the show. In fact, a lot of our listeners are sort of self sponsoring, if you will, their project rides and they're they're into the arena of competitive sports. They're 
a lot of our younger drift, drift racers, they get that, you know, that this stuff costs money. But why would Goodyear, do you think Goodyear pretty much wasn't interested because they didn't see a future for fans to come in and, and sort of make a business out of this? What do you think was in their mind? Well, the, the, the problem was is that the guy that broke the land speed record after Craig was Gary Gablich. He did it in a car called Blue Flame in 1971 or something like that. And see, Craig wanted Gary to break the record. He wanted Craig, Gary to take the record away from him to keep the competition going. So he was helping Gary Gablich. And he actually gave them the like the the tires that he had the front tires that he had designed for Sonic Spirit of America Sonic 1 he he, he got Goodyear to make them for Gary's car to get so that he wanted Gary, to keep it alive and it looks like October 23rd 1970 uh world yeah. world line speed record 1000 kilometers so i i'd imagine that Mr. Breedlove wanted to keep this thing alive so that he can go after another record. He didn't Absolutely, yeah. but he made the mistake of helping Gary get Goodyear tires. I see. Because once Gary got it and good, and Craig went to Goodyear and said, "Okay, then, you know, let, let, let's get another thing going." Goodyear told him, "We don't want to. We we still got the record. Gary Gablich did it on Goodyear tires, so we still got the record." Oh. So he, Craig kind of shot himself in the foot there. That's too bad. Yeah. Very interesting. I wonder if you're tuning in, whether you're live listening or on the podcast or on KFNX Saturday, as far as a business decision, have you made that same decision? And we're talking about land speed records, but you go out to help a fellow business and maybe you gave too much and that in the end cuts yeah. your own throat. Um, talk to us about today. We really would like to know Craig Breedlove is in his 80s. He's not just mellowing out, retiring. Is this the case? No, no. He's 81. Um, he is always on the go. He has a place in Rio Vista, uh, outside Sacramento. I get to see Craig. Good he's, for him. He's moving fast. I can't see a guy like not moving fast. <laughs> I don't see that guy walking with a cane either. He's moving. No, he's a long ways from a cane. He's a young-looking 81. That's awesome. Uh, he's got a place in Mexico. He's got a place outside of L.A. He's, he's back and forth and back and forth. Uh, and he has a new car project on the go. Oh. He has several, actually. Uh, he was uh, working on a twin-engine jet car for the land speed record. But about two years ago, he had an epiphany about rockets. And he went and talked to his old buddy Jerry Elverum, a NASA engineer that designed the rocket that took Neil Armstrong to the moon. And he asked Jerry about fuels, rocket fuels today, because that's what screwed Craig back in the day, were government regulations against the rocket fuels that he was using. And that was one of the frustrations that he had. He had to work around that, yeah. Yeah, like hydrazine. You can't use that stuff anymore. I mean, it just it, so it basically put a wall up for Craig back in the 70s. But now there are new fuels that Craig can use. So he said, you know, why am I using jets? Now is the time for a rocket. So he resurrected his old rocket car design from 1969, and he has that oh on my. the board now. And that's what he's hoping to proceed with for the land speed record because i mean a rocket car just in so many ways is superior to a jet car you don't need big um air intakes 
you know, it, it, you can make the thing just as wide as the driver's shoulders. That's that's it. You can have it like as high as the, your not even as waist high. You could really make a pencil on wheels if it's a rocket. And this wow. is his vision right now at eighty one. Right now at eighty one. Yeah, isn't now, that it, it's, something? Uh, it's a long shot. I'll, I mean, it's so expensive now. I mean, Craig Craig's first car. Uh, I've got a picture of like the budget that he drew up and pitched to Goodyear back in 1962. He figured that it would cost $33,000 to finish the car, everything. Take it out to Bonneville, the whole kit and caboodle, 33000 Goodyear knew that was an underestimation, but they still only spent $100,000. Now, by, by, you know, the late 1990s, you're talking five million Easy. now you're yeah. talking much much more i mean i, I recently heard that, that that car bloodhound you know in the, in the uk that they're trying to get hurt going i've heard that they have spent a hundred million dollars on that thing and they still have not run for the record Do you, so, you I mean, think the, you think uh, competition gets to a point where to me this is beyond bragging rights i i, I think because there's currently not a yearly land speed record competition let's set that's right is there currently anything not, going not on? really no okay. it, it's so rarefied now that that's people it, it's too hard to compete at that level now it's too difficult well i mean the risk of death let's just face it i mean th- there's risk of death in all motorsports but to get behind a a uh, jet engine in a pencil shaped uh three-wheeler that's that 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 sounds like that's pretty risky to me yeah absolutely I want you to stay tuned. Samuel Hawley, please stay tuned with us. We're going to get you on one more segment. Uh, We would love to know where we can find your book and uh, a few more discussion points on the land speed record. Wrench Nation, stay tuned. Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Welcome back, Wrench Nation, Frank and Susie. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us every week. I'll head on to Facebook if you have any car care questions. And, of course, thank you so much. If you've missed bits and pieces of the show for hanging out with us on the podcast, we've got author Samuel Hawley, author of Speed Duel, the inside story of the land speed record in the 60s. Welcome back, Samuel. Uh, thanks, Frank. I'm here. We had to look up in the break this 1,000-mile-per-hour car that just got, well, back in 2016. It's literally probably the biggest jet engine I've ever seen landed uh, what is two wheels in the rear, one single wheel up front, a monstrosity that I guess uh, Zijiang Geely Holding Group, uh, Chinese car brand Geely, uh, Volvo, and the London Taxi Company, they're, they threw in their sponsorship at the time for the Bloodhound SSC, Landspeed Record Project. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a massive car. And oh. and by the way, that would have two wheels up front, not one. Oh, it is. Two it looks from the picture as one. Oh. Together, but I see. In order to qualify as a car, technically they would call that two. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Um, so there really isn't currently any drive by our country here to get behind this uh, attempt. Is, has a thousand miles been hit yet? No, 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 no. Uh, the, the current record is seven hundred and sixty-three miles per hour. Okay. Which is massive. I mean, it broke That's... the land. It broke the speed of sound. There was a sonic boom on Black Rock Desert, if you can imagine that. Wow. And that was in 1997, right? 1997. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andy Green uh, broke was the first person to break the la- the speed of sound on land, which is significantly higher than up in the air. Like when Chuck Yeager did it, it was 600 and something. That's but incredible. He was at altitude. That that's just incredible. And, and also, just kind of stepping back in time. Um, Steve Fawcett, who broke the world record in a balloon traveling the world, um, he actually acquired the Spirit of America from Craig Breedlove, didn't he not? Before yes, his untimely death. Craig sold him that car for $2 million. Craig told me funny stories of doing business with Steve Fawcett. I mean, the guy was a rich, rich guy, but he he, he drove a hard bargain. I mean, so he negotiated. Out. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He negotiated. Well, uh, we want to give our listeners an opportunity to find not only uh, are you an author in this space of what is some of these just really craziness of land speed records that we can so admire. Um, where can folks find your books? Well, uh, wherever quality books are sold. I like oh, that. I love we that. Love... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're on, they're on Amazon. They're on Barnes and Noble. Um, the, the first, I've written two motor, motorsport books, actually. The first one is Speed Duel, and that focuses specifically on the 1960s, uh, the eight guys that were in competition then. Art Arfons and Craig Breedlove are the main ones, but then there's Walt Arfons, Nathan Ostage, Glenn Leisher, Mickey Thompson, Athel Graham, Donald Campbell. So that was the first one, uh, Speed Duel. And then just a few months ago, I came out with a new book called Ultimate Speed, this is the authorized biography of Craig Breedlove. It's available in hardcover and ebook. And again, it's at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and, and so on. We'll have it on our Wrench Nation Facebook. Will you uh, will you connect with uh, Craig Breedlove perhaps over the next year or so to to follow yeah, up yeah, with we stay in touch? Yeah. Yeah. Well, will you promise us to come back on the show if we can get Craig Breedlove and well? Let's hype up the attempt at the land speed record, <laughs> is what I'm saying. From, uh, gosh, what would be an incredible story behind 80-something who has still just got the stamina, the chutzpah, the tenacity, and the courage uh, to hit those type of speeds. We definitely would uh, say, hey, come on back to the show with Mr. Craig Breedlove. Sure, yeah, I'll bounce it off him. Now, I should add, um, as gutsy as Craig is, He's not proposing to drive this new car himself. Oh. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to know the story. We'd love to follow up. It seems like there's these spells of every five to seven years. Obviously, it's a very expensive uh, proposition to finance something like this. And um, please include us. We, we would love to give our listeners a follow-up uh, sure. on that whole uh, land speed record attempt for sure so thank yeah. you so much mr samuel hawley yes thank well, you my pleasure frank and Susie. thanks for having me on the show yeah we appreciate you thank you so much you know i mean this is fascinating i for a minute there Susie, i thought 
you know, sort of preparing for the show that there would be Mr. Craig Bigelove would get, but he ain't that crazy. He's well, in no, his 80s. he's not that crazy. He's not. He's going to probably hire somebody. But he still uh, has that that spirit. He has the vision. vision. You you got to hand it to yeah. someone that really wants to continue that on. And again, it doesn't seem like this is a yearly thing. I mean, like I said to Samuel, it, it's an expensive thing. To, it is. You know, it's a very expensive. So if you ever think about hitting the racetrack on the weekend and you're happy hitting 150 miles an hour or what have you, uh, think about the wonderful story of those land speed records. You need to check out the book Speed Duel, the inside story of the land speed record in the 60s, Samuel Hawley. We're going to have that on our French Nation Facebook, and we are just privileged uh, to be able to share that story with you as we say every week we really really enjoy doing the show with you guys please we'd love your show topic ideas as well as leave us a review whether it's on facebook or itunes let us know your ideas or show topics this is our show man there's no pomp and circumstance here hey if you got an uncle that's doing special things or if your son or daughter is doing special things in the automotive arena this show is your show this is what it's all about we appreciate you hanging with us. Remember to get on to WrenchNation.tv. That's where we upload a lot of our shows. And we just did the whole Barrett-Jackson series with Fireball Tim and Ken Vela, as well as covering the Future Classics car show out in Scottsdale. You can catch all that information. Susie, I love you. Thank you for hanging. Love you too, Frank. Love being here. As I say every week, people, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. <laughs>